Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Hey, everybody, and welcome in. It's another edition of the Lombardi Line. We're presented, as always, by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson, in for Patrick Maher today. Great to see Michael Lombardi back in New Jersey as he rejoins us on the show today. And we kick things off with a little bit of breaking news, Michael. Although the question is how much of this is really unexpected versus something that should have been baked into the market all the way in Buffalo and Miami for the wildcard matchup this weekend in the AFC. Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Dolphins, about 15 minutes ago, officially rules out Quarterback Tua Tagovailoa has not cleared concussion protocol, so he is out. Team is preparing, according to Adam Schefter, as if rookie quarterback Skylar Thompson will get the start. And Michael, this line is now on the move. We're as high as 13 in some shops. Yeah, I mean, I, I had this line at 12.3, you know, with all the Tua numbers baked into Miami because uh, obviously he's missed some games and their statistics. I mean, when you break Miami down, I mean, have we talked about last week, they haven't been you know, defensively, they played better against the Jets, which if you watch that tape, it's just I'm confused at what the Jets were trying to get accomplished in that game offensively. But I think what you see is that, you know, Buffalo, you know, knows now that they can go, they're going to have to go into this game and really play a base defense, something that they're not used to playing. They always want to play, they want to play their nickel, which gives them a lot of uh, opportunity to play the pass because they're typically ahead, but it also makes them vulnerable to the run game. And I think we saw New England run the ball effectively on them, even though they only ran for 180, 107 yards. They could have run it more, but they got behind. So, you know, now that we know two is not playing, we know it's Skylar Thompson. I, I get the sense that that you know Buffalo is going to have to modify what they do defensively, and they're going to have to play from in front to force Skylar Thompson to have to participate in this game. You just wonder, from the perspective of the starting quarterback for Miami, was there ever a chance that Tua was realistically going to play a guy who's been in concussion protocol three times already? Like, for what, what basis was there to move the number from an opener of about 10.5 all the way down to 9 as of this morning, and now it's like this breaking news, uh, sound the panic alarm, Miami's totally screwed. I, I just don't understand why people or the betting uh, market had any indication or thought that this would be a potential for uh, Tagovailoa to return this week. 
You know, it's interesting, too, because Steve Mackinan on, on, on the Daily Email today, I don't know if you saw it, but he had yeah. in his write-up on what goes into the wild card weekend, he had a great stat, 54-7-1. Are are the is the uh, against the you know is if you pick the winner typically the winner covers right so you know did you think Miami even if Tua had a play do you think they were going to win I don't think so you know and so where they are defensively I don't but look if you're a Miami Dolphin fan you ran the ball against this incredibly great Jet defense which is that's all we've heard about the Robert Salai great defense they ran 162 yards against them that's that's how they won the game last week. And they were able to, you know, they accumulated 17 first downs. Now, naturally, their defense held held the Jets to only 11 first downs in that game, which is somewhat remarkable. I don't know how that quite happened. But, uh, you know, this will be a little bit of a different game. This is all about we got to run the ball. We're not going to have to put Skylar top. We're going to run screens. We're going to try mm-hmm. to throw as many short passes as we can to, to Tyreek Hill if he's even healthy enough to go. So this is going to be a huge, huge challenge for the Jets in the first round. I mean, look, let's face it. I mean, excuse me, for Miami, the, right. both seven seeds are up against it. You know, both seven seeds are probably not the seven seeds. You know, just think about this, Ben. If the Giants and Washington doesn't end in a tie, I, Detroit's in this thing. Pretty remarkable. Detroit's and they in probably it. should be, right? They certainly finished the year, I would think, in anybody's power. Detroit's a probably the best team. seventh seed, right? They would be the, been the best seventh seed, yeah. I think. And I think Pittsburgh, frankly, would have been the best seventh seed in the AFC. Now, do I think Pittsburgh wouldn't have been a 10-point dog? They lost 38-3 to to Buffalo, what, week four of the season? Now, that's yeah. that was long ago and far away. But still, I, I, I think it would be a challenge. But this is going to be a tough matchup for Miami going up there. Again, with Tua Tagovailoa officially ruled out about 15, 20 minutes ago. That's how we start the show. You, you know, Michael, I love my completion percentage over expectation advanced quarterback stats. Of the 69 quarterbacks that take a snap this year, Skylar Thompson is 53rd above immortals like Nathan Peterman, Zach Wilson and John Wolford. Those are the three that he narrowly yeah. beats out. I so mean, it's, it's been ugly it, when he's been on he, the field. But he made the – I mean, the throw he made to Gusecki over there on the – like a huge sale route against cover three, and they didn't carry it, you know. And, and uh, I mean, that was – I thought they were going to kick the field goal off of that. But, you know, they couldn't they could just put together enough good plays, to string enough good plays together, you know. The bad snap forced them to go back. I mean, that was a game that, you know – I, I know this slides under the carpet because the Jets, you know, are, have so many quarterback issues. But for the Jets not to beat Miami in that oh, setting I know. is really somewhat embarrassing. It really is. I mean, it's really a slap at – I mean, if I were Robert Salai, I would be really, really disappointed in my performance as a head coach that I couldn't beat the Miami Dolphins really in that setting with my defense alone. They couldn't even cover thanks to the uh, the pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo late, giving up the safety on, on the final play of the game. 11-6, Miami gets that win. And as much as the Dolphins' run defense going into the playoffs last five weeks looks pretty good, finishes top 10, a big reason why, the, the very good defensive performance against a, a Jet offense that was providing nothing. At the same time, this is still a bottom five pass defense over the last five weeks, generally in that, that, that same vein over the course of the full season. You compare that to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, whose offense looked looked pretty rusty, all things considered, against New England. Had the two kick return touchdowns, which helped them a lot. You still have to think, though, Buffalo's going to have a should have a pretty simple, easy time moving the ball through the air on Miami. Well, I think you know they ran it for 150 yards the last time they played them. I mean, they ran it up and down the field. They had 29 first downs in the game. I watched that game this morning. I mean, they beat themselves in that game. I mean, what they had 446 yards of offense, and they went that third quarter where they didn't do anything. 
you know, and 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 they didn't turn the ball over, which was the saving, which which really, I mean, they turned the ball over one time, but. To me, I, I think that, yeah, they got to play better. And these red zone interceptions that this guy's throwing, now he got hit last week against them, but these red zone interceptions, he's got to stop. I mean, he's got to stop them. And they've got to play a more complete game. I mean, look, let's face it. They, you know, they go into halftime in the last game. They're up 21-13. to 13, And the next thing you know, that game becomes a 29-21 game, you know? Right. I mean, and, and, and it took all that they could do in the fourth quarter to get back in that game. And so they're not going to be able to play that. But I think this is going to be a little bit different, though, Ben, because this is we're prepared to play them, right? We When you're playing them with two at quarterback and the weather we thought was going to be really bad in this game, and it wasn't. So we kind of thought that they were going to try to throw the ball. Now you're going into Skylar Thompson. If you line up in sub, if you line up in nickel, and you think you're going to stop the run. Like, if you line up in that 3-3-5 defense that TCU lined up against Georgia, (laughs) you're not stopping the run. Like, you're a man – like, at some point, you're a man short. Like, you don't have enough. you got – five guys are off the ball. I mean, they've got three guys five yards off the ball. So, Buffalo's going to modify what Mm -hmm. they do defensively. I'd be shocked if they weren't in a base defense. Would make a lot of sense, especially as much as – People might look at the first two meetings in the regular season and say, well, Miami won the first game by two. Buffalo only won by three in the second meeting. Buffalo had 943 total yards of offense. The, the loss was, was wouldn't you say, Michael, one of the top five box score anomalies of the entire regular season, that oh, week three loss? I mean, yeah, no doubt. And, and it got to the point where it was that, that got caught into the narrative of how great Tua and Miami's offense was playing. It was the same thing with the New England New England box score. I mean, New England moved the ball up and down the field on them. I mean, New England, you know, New England turned it over three times. I mean, they held New England. New England held them to 20 points, and 10 of them came from the defense. You know, and, and, and the other game was, to me, remarkable. I mean, Buffalo had, did anything they wanted to do in that game. And yet they, they they lost by two points. I I still don't know how that was. And you right. know, and I don't know if Tua got. I mean, Tua they got the ball on the on the seven yard line one time, and they were able to put it in. But McDaniel's is going to have to change his methodology here because he can't go up there and think he's going to throw it forty yeah. times. I remember There's week no three, way. right? That was the Tua, the quote unquote back injury that was later it ruled to be a actual concussion, wasn't ruled out in the game. Right. Again, for this week, though, no Tua Tagovailoa already ruled out, has not cleared concussion protocol. We'll get Skylar Thompson as starting quarterback. Uh, the other quarterback news of the day today, Michael, it has impacted betting lines. It's in the Baltimore Ravens Cincinnati Bengals game. Bengals now up to a juiced seven, trending towards seven and a half. Multiple reports wow. coming from Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo this morning from NFL Network that Lamar Jackson faces, quote, a uphill battle to actually not play playing. this week. So, uh, you're, I mean, you're look, not let, let's face it. We, we saw it last Wednesday, last week, when, when Harbaugh came out and said, I, I don't want to be, t- I don't want to talk about it. Then, and then we got the report on the weekend news that he was trending towards playing. You, you don't trend towards play if you're never on the field. How do you trend? And the other thing is, too, is this kid needs to have all his speed and quickness. He can't go out there limping because this offense is so bad. This offense is horrible in the passing that it needs movement from the quarterback. Now, I still think – I mean, last week the line – Ben, the last week the line was we knew Anthony Brown was going to play or yeah. it was Hundley. I think the line was six and a half most of the week, wasn't it? An event like it was around this – so at least as of Wednesday, Thursday when a lot of the contests locked in, it was Cincinnati minus seven and a half, but line – as we got closer to kickoff, 
once it was known Anthony Brown was in there, that that thing zoomed way up and got towards double digits. And you would th- you would think yeah, that's where this thing here. this I, thing trends. I, I have it in the con. I I keep all those lines just for this reason on my on my spreadsheet. And I had this as a uh, uh, let's see here. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, yeah, so, contest wise, seven and a half was uh, was last week for Cincinnati yeah, seven and a half. Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you have to think that is as this continues to trend. It, now the question becomes, for John Harbaugh, who kind of, I mean, it was pretty obvious the way they planned that game, not just with the quarterbacks, but the rest of the personnel. It was kind of a punt of a game, knowing there wasn't much for, not, not much playoff ground for Baltimore to move up in, seating-wise. You just wonder what his game plan will be second straight week taking on Cincinnati. That's the big question coming in. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, that's what he's got. Look, the one thing he did, though, I mean, they Cincinnati couldn't run the ball on him. I mean, Cincinnati couldn't run the ball. They had to throw it 42 times in the game, right? Now, Baltimore turned it over four times, and I think John Harbaugh is going to say, hey, look, we can't turn this thing over four times. But you had Anthony Brown playing quarterback. I mean, that, that's a problem. Anthony Brown, I, remember, I mentioned those 69 quarterbacks that take a snap. Brown graded out as the worst on the season of anybody uh, with this kid. performance. It was, and it was not tough. Not a, not a good position to be in. We have a lot more to get to on the Lombardi line. Up next, we'll talk some off-season storylines with Michael and some head coaches who are wanted. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted on specials and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 as we're back on the Lombardi line. Also excited to welcome in our new listeners at a bunch of different markets. Michael, thanks to our new partnership with Sports Map Radio. Mm-hmm. I can hear us 
Uh, including a bunch of great radio stations like in Austin, Texas, where we're on the Horn 1260, uh, 1019 and 104.9. I love Austin. Uh, love Austin, Texas. Uh, so we're, we're glad have you to been be Austin? on. Uh, I, I have one time. Has this Wisconsin kid been to Austin? Have you been down there? I, I, look, I've been to te- Despite being from Wisconsin, Michael, I have been to Texas on a number of occasions. And uh, it, it is well, always Texas a, a is wonderful Texas is a big state. Time. I mean, yes. you know. You could, I mean, I've been to Hancock, Texas, where where Red <laughs> crossed over in in uh, Shawshank, and you know that's a long way from civilization. I can promise you that. So you could be in, in Texas, El Paso, to point. to uh, you know to. Uh, I mean, well, the first time I was in uh, College Station for a a, bro- a, uh, a Missouri Texas A and M broadcast about a, a decade ago. Can't and, beat uh, that. Can't be. Uh, can't be. Aggieland down there. And then, and then but course, there's nothing like nothing. Like Austin, Austin is incredible. Yes. Austin's really kind of a great town. The greatest, I think, it's one of the best presidential libraries in the country, uh, and right there on the campus. So yeah. it's uh, it's always good. So yeah, well, welcome Austin. To we enjoy Austin. it. Welcome to the Veasan family uh, and the Lombardi line. I'll at least be in. I'll be in Texas in February for the kickoff of uh, college baseball season. If they they love their college baseball down in Texas, especially and they um, should. Austin, as, and, and they should. Uh, so uh, we will get back into some of the week. Uh, the wild card week games this week, continuing to break down line moves. Wanted to dedicate at least a segment an hour, though, Michael, to some of the offseason movement, though, going on in NFL, especially head coaching in GM circles. We've got a little, uh, a couple of fun graphics that our producer, Brian Ortega, put together. As we, as we first go into all the vacancies here and try to figure out what is going to be the best fit for teams and head coaches, uh, what do you see at least being the top job right now? Like, if you're one of these head coaches who's going to be interviewing, where, would, where do you feel like the best spot to land is, at least at this moment? Well, I think everybody thinks Denver is in a great spot because of Russell and because of the disaster that was before him. But sometimes when you take over for a disaster, you know, whatever you do after that, it looks pretty good, right? And so, you know, and then I think this owner, Greg Penner, is really good. I think he gets it. I think he understands. The hardest part about becoming a head coach in the NFL is, is does the owner understand what the job is and what it isn't? You know, does he want somebody to be a CEO? And it sounds like he does. He wants somebody with a clear vision. He wants somebody to lead his organization. He wants somebody to lead his team. He wants toughness. He wants discipline. He wants competitiveness. And all those things are going to get wrapped into, you know, patience because he knows the situation that you're inheriting isn't very good. So he's going to pay well. And he's going to give you the ability to build your organization, what sounds like a college program, right? And I think that's why he's leaning towards a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who could come Mm -hmm. in there and develop that college program and run the thing completely. So, which is what Harbaugh wants to do. Harbaugh's not going to leave Michigan to come in and work for somebody else. He's going to come leave Michigan to be his guy. So, there's a lot of benefits there in Denver. Great fan base. Yeah, I know you got to beat Justin Herbert twice a year. You got to beat Pat Mahomes twice a year. I get all that. That's hard to do. But, I mean, what job is easy? You know, like what job <laughs> right. is easy? They all come around. You know, there's no. You know, it's like they don't give you free houses in Beverly Hills. Like there's, you got to earn it. You know, and so I, I think this is really one, and I think they'll spend. I think it's it, you've got an opportunity to build off the defense, which it can be even better. And there's nowhere to go but up after what happened last year. And they've got some players on the team that you can work with, and they're and they're going to have some cap room that I think you could really figure out a way to maneuver once you handle the Russell situation. Right, and that that would appear to be the topic number one if you're a coach coming in. Uh, for those of you watching on uh, the Veasan app or YouTube TV. Our producer Brian Ortega has some great. Uh, we have some. Uh, what some? These are like the job posting type requirements here. For those of you listening, we'll, we'll on the radio side, we'll run off some of these minimum requirements we've at least come up with for if you're going to be a head coach for one of these teams, you, you've got to solve and figuring out 
the Russell Wilson problem is probably first and foremost among that. In addition, on the Denver side, you do have a look. You lose your top first round pick, so you won't have a top five pick this year, and no second rounder either. It's a late first round pick, so creativity in the draft is going to be. I would think Michael a very very big part of any coach coming in. In addition to the uh, you know the Wilson issue, and uh, you've also got a, a team that lacked much of an identity in uh, in that 2022 season. I think that you know I think figuring out what to do with Russell Wilson is going to take a second or third level. I think it's going to be here's who we're going to become, right? And no longer are we Russ's team. We ain't letting Russ cook like. Mark, I said during the year, he went from cooking at the French laundry to cooking at a diner to now he's working at <laughs> yeah. a cafeteria. You know, he's making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, he's going through the whole cooking exposition here. I mean, Anthony Bourdain, God rest his soul, was, was going up faster than that. So, like, we got to handle that. So, like, he ain't the cook anymore. So, here's what's going to be the program. Either he gets with it or he's going out. And we're going to be a tough physical team. We've got to be able to play at a different level. We've got to have discipline and toughness, which is something we didn't have on this football team I think that's what you're going to see coming out of there I don't think it's going to be he I don't think he's going to want to hire a specific oh I got to have this play caller or I saw Kellen Moore got requested to be interviewed by Carolina good luck there you know like let's go see how that works out and 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 you move forward I think it's going to take more of I want this guy to build me a program and that that once I build that program then it then takes care of it then takes care of everything else. And I think Harbaugh at plus 330, I think it's pretty good. Here's why I don't think Sean Payton's a player here, because I think it's going to require compensation, and Denver's going to not want to give up compensation. And, and, and if I could get Harbaugh for cash without having to pay a draft pick, mm-hmm. and it costs me money for Payton and draft capital, do I want to do that? I think that's why I would flip. I, I think that's why at plus 330, it's a good number. I mean, they could have hired Dan Quinn last year. They didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the, the betting angle, and those odds are all available at vsin.com. Quinn, the favorite at plus 225. Harbaugh at 330. Sean Payton, three and a half to one. A lot of public sentiment will be towards Payton, and I don't think a lot of people realize just the logistical hurdles that a lot of teams will have to clear since Payton still has his rights with the New Orleans Saints right now. So it really just depends on the situation. And uh, Harbaugh right now, that uh, the second favor, did have a virtual meeting on Monday. That was a report from NFL Network, two-hour virtual meeting that, uh, that Harbaugh had with the Denver Broncos ownership in the front office there. At least as far as some you know benefits going in, I, I don't know if it was what, what it took to get Jerry Judy unlocked as a wide receiver, but in a weird way, Michael, I mean, maybe all, these, all the adversity having to deal with a bad Russell Wilson at quarterback it seemed like it It finally got him out of his shell because such an underwhelming first year and a half, and he exploded at least five catches in each of the last five games for Denver. I found myself really, really impressed with the signs he showed down the stretch. I think there's. I think this is one of those things where there's talent on this team, right? I think they underachieved tremendously. I think they went into the season under the Matt LaFleur program where we don't want to get anybody hurt. We're just going to go through this, right? And we got Russell, and Russell will make everything up. But they had no toughness as a team. And they had no mental toughness as a team. And then they started losing guys because, you know, they went into that program of we're going to avoid injury, so we're not going to play anybody. But then when we play people, we get people hurt. So I think that was an issue there, too. And, and I think that so there's a lot of players here that you can really get them to play to another level. And I think defensively, I think they underachieved. I mean, to give up 51 points to Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams on Christmas Day, to me, that was like, whoa, that's really bad. Mm-hmm. That's when you knew the team quit on Nathaniel Hackett. They just like, that was it. They checked oh, no out. Question. Yeah. So 
There's a lot of talent here. I mean, they got to get Randy Gregory on the field all the time. You know, they traded Bradley Chubb, which doesn't look like a bad trade right now, considering how much Miami paid Chubb. And and you never feel – I know Chubb's been injured, but you don't feel Chubb's presence in a game. You know, you don't feel him like, oh, my gosh, I, we got to get this. So I think this is a really good job. I really yeah. do. I think the owner understands what you're walking into, which is half the battle in the NFL. Uh, no question. It, it kind of on the other side of this, you think about Denver is a job that's open. What about Arizona? That is now like uh, Kingsbury out, Kime the GM out. You have Kyler Murray, who's been given a, a massive, massive contract. Uh, what do you see on this Arizona front here for well, coaches? Well, we, we saw a report. We saw a report that Michael Bidwell said that he's going to be, you know, he's going to be consulted on the hire. Whoa, whoa, you know, yeah. and they're going to trade Hopkins. I mean, look, this Hopkins thing. I know my, I know Houston took a lot of heat for it, but there's a lot of things behind this Hopkins. Why they want to trade Hopkins? That was the reason why they wanted to trade Hopkins in Houston. And it's not out in a. That's more of an underground. People in the league know, but the mm. fans have a different perspective of this, and and. I think it, you know th- this is pretty clear what they got into when they got Hopkins. I don't think they knew what they were getting into. Yeah, he's a great player. There's no denying that. Tremendous player. But there's some things that come along with it that that have to be handled that I don't think you know it's as rosy as everybody wants to make it out to be. All the experts that said, "Oh, here's what you do." Now, I, I think you're not. You know, you don't have to deal with it every day. Interesting that uh, that 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 is now uh, coming out here. Hopkins goes two years left on his deal. Wants a source to say he wants a new deal, likely to be traded. That is the report coming out of Arizona. So uh, he just Jerry, got a you know, new deal. I yeah, mean, how could he want it? He I, just got a new deal. I mean, like he, the market has he missed six games. Yeah, and it did not go well. Even even when he came back, there were a lot of issues too uh, for Arizona. Part of which were his fault. A part of which were obviously not. But at least uh, for the latest updates on that, Jerry Reese, ex-Giants GM, he did interview for the Cardinals GM position. That's uh, the latest update there. When we return, we'll transition back to Wild Card Weekend. Fernando Ramirez, beat reporter for the LA Chargers, stops by on the Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSEN. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 and become part of the Sports Betting Network. That is vsin.com slash subscribe. Time for us to get back into wildcard weekend. Big game coming up, Michael, uh, Saturday night. Chargers-Jaguars. It's one of those where the betting market seemed to be uh, undetermined early in the week. But money is going to the Chargers. LA now a two-point favorite pretty much uh, across the screen. So we need some help uh, breaking this one down. Fernando Ramirez, outstanding beat reporter for the Sporting Tribune, stops by the show right now. Fernando, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, first off, from the injury front, Mike Williams gets a back injury Sunday when Brandon Staley, for reasons that are still unknown, decides to play off his guys uh, the, almost the entire length of the game in Denver. What can you tell us about uh, Williams? Should we expect to see him suiting up there Saturday night in Jacksonville? Well, first off, thank you guys so much for having me on the show. It's an honor to be on, especially with Michael Lombardi, uh, obviously, Big name uh, all over the NFL, so appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate that, uh, Fernando. Thank you. <laughs> of course. 
Uh, well, first off, Brandon Saley told us that he, they, from his indications, are that Mike Williams will be able to go on uh, on Saturday. Obviously, we spoke to Keenan Allen, and Keenan Allen said that you've seen the differences between us having Mike and us not having Mike. So obviously, uh, he's a big time player, big time contributor to that offense. They're going to need him on Saturday. So all indications are that he will play on Saturday. So uh, the Chargers uh, should be a, a full go. Uh, on Saturday, according to what Brandon Saley told us, uh, what what he's told us the last two days. Yeah, uh, so we, let's go back. I don't know it was a long time ago. I think it was what week three of the season when they got when Jacksonville mm-hmm. went out there and beat them thirty eight to ten and kind of had the game you know sixteen to seven at the half and took the game over mm-hmm. in the third quarter. Uh, how do you see the Chargers now? In that game, Mike Williams did play. You know, they had Slater was the left tackle. I mean, they were they were probably healthier for that game. Other than they didn't have, they didn't have. I don't think if I, if I'm right, I don't think Joey Bosa played in the game, or if he did, he got hurt in the game. I'm not sure how that worked out, but he he did. Maybe he participated. But like, what do you think is going to be the difference in this game from that week set when really Jacksonville came out of it and like, oh my God, this is really going to be a hell of a season for Jacksonville, and then naturally they went right in the tank after that. What do you think the difference in this game is going to be? Well, J- Justin Herbert didn't get his ribs rearranged. Though uh, he did get his ribs rearranged uh, a week before against the Kansas City Chiefs, so here uh, Justin f- looks good. He's played well the last few weeks of the season. Even in Denver, he played well. He spread the ball around. He he did a good job, uh, even though obviously Mike didn't play uh, later in the game. But Joey Bosa went down. Their center Corey Lindsley did not play in the game, and that's a that's a big indica- That's a big part of their offense. And Brandon Taylor said it. Uh, the players have said it that when Corey Lindsley's not in. It is a different offense. So, obviously, they need Corey Lindsley in there. He will be in there this week. Uh, and then, obviously, Joey Bosa went out uh, a little bit before, I think, halftime with that injury. So And and the team's grown. Kyle Van Noy has become a huge part of this defense now. Uh, he has five sacks in the last five games. So, a lot of their uh, – Michael Davis, cornerback, is playing well. J.C. Jackson also in that, in that uh, game gave up some big plays. So, J.C. Jackson won't be playing in this game. So – I, and and obviously their defense is, is uh, played a little bit uh, better. Their offense was kind of struggling right around that time. Their offense has kind of grown a little bit uh, since then. But uh, definitely the Chargers feel like this is a completely different game. They feel like this is a completely different. They're a completely different team, and uh, they feel like they're uh, they're they're they've grown a lot as a team since that week three matchup. Mm-hmm. And you can follow Fernando at Real F. Ramirez. Defensive improvements have come in the secondary, top-ranked pass defense over the last five weeks. Run defense has still been another story where they're bottom five <laughs> uh, for the past five weeks and, and for the most part but on nobody the season runs the ball heading in. And, and, well, ben, right, that's the thing. Nobody, runs, a, nobody even tries to run the ball on them. I mean, you know, it's like, like... You're in the press box and you're like, why aren't you just, like, running the ball more again? Like, even Tennessee... Tennessee, a couple of weeks ago, you're like, why aren't you running Derrick Henry more if you know he's a tank and he's going to be hard to stop and teams just kind of shy away from it at some points and it's, it kind of baffles you in a sense. Oh, it's completely baffles you. I mean, uh, uh, Fernando, I mean, when you watch, I mean, they're sitting there playing the Miami Dolphins and, you know, they're not running the ball. On, Miami's not running them, you know, and, and you look at it and you say, well, we could run it. I mean, I'm not saying come out and just try to grind the run, but I think, you know, you exactly. could. I mean, look, what the, what the Denver run for last week? I mean, huh? 
Yeah. You know, I mean, Denver ran for 205 yards. Now, the week before in the Rams, I thought they would, but Baker couldn't make a play in the passing game. But you you got to go back to, you know, Kansas City. And you go back – I mean, Atlanta ran for 201 yards. Now, that was week nine of the season. I get that. But you can run the football on this team. And when you do that, you, you keep Herbert on the sideline. You know, yeah. when you're converting those – you get – you know, you're converting those plays and the clock's running and all of a sudden, you know, this is a game where Jacksonville wants to be able to have the ball 33 minutes and only give Herbert 27. Like, you can't have it the other way because if Herbert's got too many at-bats, he's going to beat you. There's too many – they have too many weapons. Uh, no, and I, I completely agree. The thing is that the Chargers also feel like they kind of have improved, in a sense, on that defensive line. Jerry Tillery's now gone. I, I thought he was kind of – uh I didn't think he was good against the run. I thought they struggled when he was in there. And obviously, because he's a first-round pick, you're going to have him in there a lot of uh, times. Now it's Braden Fayoko, Morgan Fogg, Sebastian Joseph Day. Those guys have kind of gotten a better uh, – they've got, they've done better against the run. But like you said, Mike, th- th- Michael, uh, they're not – they're still not there. So obviously, it is kind of it, – it, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if Jacksonville came out and tried to run mm-hmm. the football against them, except, especially with an – an explosive player like Travis Etienne, and then you saw what Latavius Murray did uh, against the Chargers. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, but it, it, teams just don't, for some reason, they kind of shy away from it at some point, and they try and throw the ball against the Chargers. And that obviously it works in their favor because their secondary, like you said, is uh, has done a lot better in these last few weeks. Right, and and the whole reason well, you know, in, in the first of, game, yeah, you know. Ben, not to interrupt, but in the first game, I mean, James Robinson was the leading rusher in that game. I mean, he had a 50-yard yep. run. Remember, he took that run, and, and ATN really didn't have an impact. His longest run in the game was, I think, 10 yards. So, yep. you know, but but for Peterson to call 36 running plays, that's somewhat remarkable. But, you know, he also called 39 passing plays, too. That's how much they had the football. And, yep. and that's the best way to play Herbert. I mean, I get that Herbert had the broken ribs. I get that. But they held, they held the ball for 38 minutes in the game, and Herbert only had a 21. This game was, to me, more about the Chargers' inability to stop Jacksonville than the ribs. And I get the ribs were a problem. Yeah. No, no, and I, and I get that. And, and that's, that's kind of the way you beat these guys. That's the way you're going to be able to beat a Patrick Mahomes. That's the way you beat Tom Brady. That's the way you beat these guys is you keep them on the sideline. You have them wait. You have them sit there, and you have to be able to put up the points. And obviously, Jacksonville needs to put it in the end zone. And I think that's kind of where they struggled last weekend against Tennessee. Obviously, it's a divisional right. game. They're going to play each other a lot tougher. But uh, but definitely, it's going to be an interesting matchup. And I don't know I, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like this is the best game uh, this weekend in the wild card matchup just because of the Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence kind of oh, yeah. effect to it. It, what's hard to know, yeah, I, you know I, have, have, I mean, I don't know, Michael, how you feel. Hard to have conviction on either side because, like, there's so many different outcomes that you could talk yourourselves into, and, and the betting market would tell yeah. you this is the most competitive game, too. You know, I, yeah. I, and I actually, to me, to be honest with you, I, I think that, that I have this line that the Chargers should be slightly favored in this, and, it, and it's kind of gone back and forth. And I don't trust Staley. I don't. You know, Fernando, I don't trust him to do something. Now, he's kind of tempered this down. He's clamped down on this go for it on fourth down stuff and be mm-hmm. reckless. I think he's tried to be a little bit more conservatively reckless. Like, I don't see him doing the, the Kevin Stefanski, let me go for it on my own <laughs> 25 anymore. He, he used to do that, but not anymore. So somebody's obviously gotten to him. But And Peterson, one of the reasons Peterson has gotten his team better from this is he stopped doing that too. He stopped being all fourth yeah. down plays. So – I, I think what one I think whoever can control the pace of this game and not let the other quarterback attack the weakness, 
I think will win the game, and I think those are hard games to handicap. Yeah, and Mike, do you, Michael, do you see? I, I think Doug is going to also throw out a couple of uh, trick plays out there. So obviously, oh, yeah. there's going to be a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things that the Chargers are going to see from this, uh, from this offense. So I wonder if, because it almost cost them against Tennessee a couple of times. So I wonder yeah. how that's going to, how how he's going to limit that kind of stuff this weekend. But I, I agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see who controls the football, who's able to keep it, and and like you said, if Justin Herbert has too much time. He's going to cook a team, and you saw the energy the the on that Sunday night game against uh, Miami. He was getting up, he was signaling first down. So if you if you let Justin Herbert get that energy, he's gonna yeah. uh, he's definitely going to uh, cook a defense. Can Staley really be no out if they, uh, if they lose this game, Fernando? I, that's not the sense that I get. I think the Spanos family uh, they like him. The, the thing is, he didn't lose the locker room during those losing streaks and the. And some of that, so the the players love them. That's the sense that I get from the locker room. So I, I, I'd find it difficult uh, him being yeah. out if they lose this game. Fernando Ramirez, outstanding beat reporter for Great the job, Chargers. Fernando. Thanks Appreciate so much, Fernando. You. Really, really enjoyed the other Thank time. You. Thank you so much. As Thank we you will guys. Uh, have so a much. Fun wild card weekend. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jeff, from Fernando. We'll give our final thoughts on that matchup, Michael, on the other side. Also, get into the other Saturday preview with the Seahawks taking on the 49ers. That's next on the Lombardi Line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. Just place a single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Just log in to your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first basket in any NBA game. If your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. 
Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Now, speaking of basketball, I was thinking of you last night, Michael. I was calling a NBA G League game, and uh, on one of the teams, it was Jaleel Okafor showing up on the roster. <laughs> one of your one of your favorite ex-Sixers. Uh, He's still in the league, apparently, but now, uh, now in the G League for Mexico City, in case you were wondering, Michael. Well, yeah, I was wondering whatever happened to him. Mexico City. Where were you doing the game? Was it in Vegas? Yes. Uh, Mexico City Capitanes in the G League Ignite uh, last night. The two newest members of the G League. So uh, he did not play, unfortunately. What what team is? What team does uh, the Mexico Capitanes represent? They are they are not uh, affiliated with the NBA team. The the, those two are the only two unaffiliated with the NBA team. So that was a new uh, a new team just brought into the G League last year. So uh, kind of cool. And there's there's some rumors Mexico City might get an expansion team along with Vegas in the next uh, five years. So just wow. Keep keep that uh, yeah keep that in mind, Michael. But anyway, I thought of you, Julio Locafor, former third round over third overall pick in the first round by Philly, uh, was was on that roster last night. Um, but you got to remember, you got to remember the process. It was the process. That was why we <laughs> picked the them. Yeah, the, the process, process understood that. The See, process the process. That. Yeah, yes, it was it the did. process. That, well, that worked really well. You know, yes. Okafor was a great pick. You know, we did. You know, the first draft we didn't pick. We picked. Uh, we picked uh, Michael Carter Williams and Nolan's Noel. And meanwhile, you know, we were tanking, so we didn't take the guy from Greece who wasn't really ready to play mm. yet. Right, that that guy I've heard of who name? plays for who plays for what my hometown team, that, that yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. I guy got for the that. Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. Yeah. yeah, Michael's not bitter yeah. at all uh, whatsoever. Is it? No, man. not at all. No, because <laughs> it just proves the point. You, it takes talent to evaluate talent. T- yes. Tanking doesn't. Get, it's like people make it a big deal out of, oh my God, Houston lost. They're not going to get Bryce Young. Okay, all right. You know, I mean. I don't know. Maybe, maybe CJ Stroud's better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think this draft has has Peyton Manning coming out in it. Let me just say that. I don't think this draft has Troy Aikman coming out. I don't think it has Andrew Luck coming out in it. So, like, I don't know why we're getting crazy about it. Like, seriously, I, do I think yeah. Price Young's a great player? No doubt. I think he's a tremendous college player. I love his instincts. I love everything about him. You know, if you watch the kid Deloren at at Arizona, very similar. Very similar. He's got doesn't have as strong as arm. Arizona had the best offense in college football last year, but nobody knows him because they play at ten o'clock at night here on the East Coast. But right. they're similar. They're both undersized. One guy's probably going to have a hard time getting drafted. The other guy's talking about is is going to train your franchise around. <laughs> but both guys are small. Worry. We will discuss. Uh, there were some very interesting comments from the the Bears front office yesterday. We'll talk about the draft order. Uh, and and what could potentially be some of the implications there in our next hour there. We're also trying to trust our own process, Michael, as far as these these playoff handicaps. Because it is, you wrote about this today for VEASAN.com. It is a different set of circumstances that you are looking at. You have your 19 factors uh, that you're always looking at from a week-to-week handicap in the NFL. But ex- just go through a couple of the ones that, uh, to you, at least mean more once we get to playoff time. That At least for you know, a game like Chargers-Jaguars, I think you're really going to have to dig deep on to try and find an edge there. Yeah, I do think what Fernando said in the last block is right. I don't think the last game is really relevant because, A, the Chargers weren't playing as well as they are now, even though they had their offensive line intact, even though, you know, I know Herbert was hurt. But I think when you look at the last five weeks, the the Chargers ranked ninth in the league in terms of their production, and Jacksonville ranked seventh. If you last the last 10 weeks, 
The Chargers rank 13th and Jacksonville 7th. So, you know, in a lot of the categories that you look at where Jacksonville has fallen short. Now, last week, I did not think they played well offensively. They were not good. They gained 222 yards. Tennessee rushed for And I didn't think Tennessee put much pressure on Lawrence. I thought they did a good job of kind of taking away the big play, the throwbacks, and all the stuff. So, you know, that defense held on against Dobbs, even though I don't think their defense is great. You know, their defense in sack per plays is, uh, I think, 20, 24th in the league. I have them. And third mm-hmm. down defense, they're 24th in the league. So, like, you can throw the football on this team. The, the issue is going to be – the issue is going to be who controls the pace of this game, who controls it, who makes the other team have to play less minute, less defense, that more defense, and I think that's going to be the key. And and I also think both field goal kickers are going to be a difference in this game. Cameron Dicker coming in for LA midseason, very very good uh, rookie rookie year. While you know, like the Jaguars have like sort of had a at least a pseudo revolving door. Uh, at, at times this year, you, but you you know you feel like uh, for both teams that could definitely be a big impact uh, late in the game. I just have to think with how yeah. bad the Jacksonville offense looked, uh, Michael, last Saturday against Tennessee, and how they got away from the run, abandoned it right away. As much as Doug Peterson historically is a pass happy coach, I gotta think he looks at that game flow and says we can't keep getting ourselves into these third and long situations. We know the Chargers are bad at defending the run, and they really make it an emphasis to establish that. And it's why I, I do lean Jacksonville a little bit. It's just. I'm not sure how much I can trust them for 60 minutes. I just have to think the game plan is much different than, than what they looked like. Only ran the ball 14 times against Tennessee last week. Yeah, and, and they weren't that far behind. I mean, sometimes you get caught up running. Like the last time they played the Chargers, the Chargers didn't run the ball because the Chargers got behind in the game. So sometimes when you get behind the game, it's easier. You know, it's harder to run the football. But this game's about pace. This game's mm-hmm. about making sure that you kind of have the pace of the game in your favor and that you're – you're converting those third and shorts that you have to do. You know, Peterson will have all his trick plays on third and short. Look, I, I think what you have to really do is examine what, how Peterson is attacked. Like for the way to approach this game, if you're a betting guy, is you're going to watch the Denver game. Why would you watch Denver and Jacksonville? Well, because Ejo, the defense coordinator for Denver, is from the Vic Fangio school, and so is Staley. And so that game occurred after they played them. So you're going to watch that game. In that game, you know, Jacksonville, uh, Denver won that game. Denver only had three drives in that game the entire time, but they scored three touchdowns. Meanwhile, you know, Jacksonville was they, – they, they moved the football – they had 300 – they really struggled to throw the ball in that game. They had 114 mm-hmm. yards passing. So that'll be a tape you need to watch. So And then the Tennessee game last week where they only had 19 yards rushing. You know, and so I think those are kind of be the where Staley has to kind of formulate his game plan and see how he comes out and does it. And I think it's going to be a challenge for Jacksonville. I really do. I think Jacksonville is a one player away offensively from being dynamic. And if ATN doesn't get going, if he doesn't get going, it's hard for them. You know, it's really hard for them. No, it, it's such a, a focal point of that offense. I, I saw ETN, his rushing prop around 75 and a half. You, you got to think if that goes over, Jacksonville's in a really good position to yeah, win. Yeah, they win. If it, do, if it goes yeah. under, you're, you're probably looking at uh, being behind the eight ball, betting but, market but going see, to the I Chargers here. Well, we make two. a mistake on stats. Where we make a mistake on stats is when we look at the comprehensive stats, right? When mm-hmm. we look at, okay, wh- what are the stats, right? Well, when you're in playoff time, it's not all the stats. It's who has who does what we can do so if you're the chargers right and you're playing jacksonville again the game you're going to study is detroit why 
Well, Ben Johnson's a disciple of, of Sean Payton. So is Joe Lombardi. So is Dan Campbell. So they're going to put that tape on, and they threw for 337 in that game. And the Chargers have every bit of good as skilled players as Detroit does. They don't, may not have as good offensive line, but they have it. So that's going to be Mike Caldwell's challenge. Can he create enough pressure? Can Walker rush from the edge? Can Allen create pressure against these tackles who are not great and cause Herbert to have to get rid of the football? Or else they're going to put 300 yards up on him offensively throwing it. Yeah, 40 to 14 was the, the Detroit death score from a few weeks ago. That was when everybody in the market said, all right, I guess Jacksonville's not really a legitimate contender. Then yeah. they had a long winning streak and, and got themselves in the playoffs. I think Jacksonville defensively is not as good as we think they are. I don't think they're I think their numbers say they are. You know, they're seventh in yards per attempt, you know, they're they're you know, they're twelfth in yards allowed. But I do think that against certain quarterbacks, you know, I mean look, we we can't, we talk about Matt Ryan, you know, he, they Matt Ryan threw for three eighty nine against them. Now, it was indoors in perfect conditions. But you can attack this secondary. If you block them up front, you can. And I think they're going to have trouble with the, the Charger game plan and the way Lombardi calls yeah. the game, the way Herbert gets rid of it, and what they were able to do with attack. I mean, let's, let's, let's not confuse ourselves. Joshua Dobbs, you know, he, he made some throws. Yeah. There were guys he made yeah, throws guys. to. I mean, it wasn't – Guys are open in the game. I mean, it re- yeah. really, really had them. And that's, I think it's a really good point to make when you're looking at because you want to see recent form. And yes, technically, Jacksonville, last five weeks, they're a top eight pass and run defense. But who have those games come against? I mean, you look yeah. at Zach Wilson, you have Josh Dobbs, you have Davis Mills. Those were three of those quarterbacks in the last five weeks. Uh, those are our thoughts, at least for the second of the two Saturday night games. We'll get into the Seattle and San Francisco game when we return. Hour number two of the Lombardi line starts next. Betting market going towards Seattle. We'll get the breakdown there. Harry Gagnon from Against All Odds. He also joins us in hour number two. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 